everybody. So we are very excited to get together to talk about the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery. And this episode is called Past is the Prologue. And uh, it's one of the last episodes of this season. And it was a pretty jam-packed episode. Would you agree, Tom? It felt like a finale. It did. I agree. I agree. And maybe part of that was because it was the uh, the kind of the closing of this, uh, at least it felt like a closing of this sort of mirror uh, universe arc. And were you surprised that they closed it so quickly? Yeah, I was. Um, I thought, I, I, um, uh, oh yeah, actually, this isn't the first time. I've been consistently pleasantly surprised at how fast this show moves. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, um, and some of it is that, especially in terms of Star Trek, I'm used to shows like Deep Space Nine or 24. Or like there's so many episodes they have to do. Mm-hmm. that it stretches and it's and you're like oh god just can we move the plot forward please a little bit mm-hmm. um and, and so you, you sort of sit through stuff and you sort of you, you try to just enjoy the ride right especially if it's a show you already enjoy mm-hmm. um but I, I do get a little bit impatient with the plot not moving fast enough but this yeah it just moves like a rocket it's just great yeah. <clears throat> they really have when you think about this season they really have packed a ton of story into you know what 13 episodes i think that they have so far yeah um yeah i think f- or 15 13 or 15, Something yeah, like 15. That, yeah. yeah pretty impressive i think we've got two more two more or do two more <laughs> and i was thrilled because i did not like the mirror episodes i struggled with them and i just just tonally they were not my thing I didn't enjoy them Mm-hmm. And uh, so this felt back to the kind of thing that I like, where it was a mixture of tones and a mixture of uh, it just didn't leave me feeling as sort of joyless and and uh, frustrated as as the last couple episodes did. And so I was really happy. <laughs> just, yeah, you're making me think of a, a Churchill quote: "If you're going through hell, keep going." Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, uh, yeah, so I was really thrilled and surprised. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see now what they do next. And it makes me really excited for, you know, our, our final, our final uh, episodes of the season and what they're going to do. Yeah. They, 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 I'm, I'm uh, pleasantly surprised that they keep us guessing I have no idea what's coming. I really don't. I mean, it. Um, I, I think the writers recognize that um, the, a major pro, a major danger you can fall into with prequels is that all the conclusions are foregone, especially if you know the characters. Right. Um, and um, you know, so you could argue that the Star Wars prequels suffered from that. We knew we knew where this was all going. We knew Obi Wan Kenobi wasn't going to die. Right. right? We knew that Anakin was going to turn to the dark side. This was all spoiled for us, and mm-hmm. and there was very little done to surprise us. Um, right. or make us go, whoa, I didn't see that coming, right? Um, but especially since we don't know the characters. And yeah. there's a distance from the other stuff we know that, yeah, who knows where this is going? I mean, there's, the, yeah, they're, they're about, there, there are some limits that canon places on them, but like, yeah, that, that's, they, I'm surprised with how much they've been able to do with the sequel. Yeah, me too. And I think maybe part of it is because, uh, I mean, they've had a little bit with just that little mention of Spock, 
and just like a few right. little things but these are different characters these are different uh you know different situations it feels it feels quite different uh but but still even i mean gosh it makes you think like what are they gonna do in in another season they've checked so many like boxes and had so much story in the first season but found the big reveal last week uh was that you have Lorca is uh is uh Terran he's a part of this dark dark mirror uh universe right and we don't know what we have we have no idea of the fate of prime Lorca right yeah uh, and it'll be interesting to see if we're gonna do you think that we will meet i guess prime Lorca or federation Lorca i think it's too tempting for them to just cast him off and say oh yeah he died a long time ago or something like yeah. that i think he's just too interesting and yeah. i and there are, too, there are too many questions and yeah he was he he uh he portrayed a really compelling and interesting guy mm-hmm. um and unlike any starfleet captain we've ever seen and now we know why he's unlike any star trek or star trek captain we've ever seen um yeah now so at the beginning of this episode we we hear from Lorca, and do you think do you you think that it was a little too on the nose as far as like sort of the trump analogies like they have him saying uh terrans need a leader who preserve our way of life our race and they'll make the empire glorious again is that a little on the nose um perhaps but that is also star trek right Mm -hmm. i mean honestly you're talking about the franchise that produced an episode where an alien who's half black and half white is enemies with his a guy from his same planet who's half white and half black. You know the, the colors are switched. Right. Could it be more bonk bonk on the head a message than that? <laughs> right. So it is a little bonk bonk on the head um, to uh, be talking about to be alluding to Trump in that way. But at the same time, Star Trek has always served its time. So uh, the, the time in which it was created. So. It's trying, it's, they're reaching to do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I felt like it was pretty, uh, it was kind of a, I think it was just enough, enough cold water to, to make you stop and go, wait, what are they trying to say? And try to try to look, read something into it. Mm-hmm. But they, when you go to look for it, it's not obvious and it's not ham-fisted and it's not um, overly... Uh, over the top um yeah what do you think they were trying to say with it uh a big message i got is that you know the dark parts of yourself aren't so distant as you might think and uh the the things that you think your only your enemy would do are also the things you would do Mm -hmm. and um i think that's the thrust of this and i like that message a lot um yeah, and, yeah, no, because it wasn't, it wasn't a. Uh, they didn't stop and say, look at the camera and say, we're very concerned about uh, politics and and um, if you didn't vote the way we voted, you must be a bad person. They didn't do that. Actually, they actually said, are we as good as we think we are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really true about uh, that. Like, I guess to be wary of people that uh to to sort of be wary of people who are trying to puff you up 
too much, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, and, flatter you, and, yeah. yeah. And also the idea of that, uh, the idea of sort of people promising to protect you that that you should always sort of have us take a step back and be like, wait a minute here. Um, because that's, that can be a very sort of comforting thing of like, I'm going to keep you safe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you, you see that all the time with, uh, with domestic, domestic violence and everything. So, you know, that like the flip side of, of, of sort of, obviously they're attacking you, but they also often sort of promise protection Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to protect my family. Therefore, I'm going to, you know, it, it's, it's it's a weird, there's a weird sort of flip dynamic there. And I, I thought it was interesting. He says, the Federation is a social experiment doomed to failure. Childish mm-hmm. idealism, every species, every choice, every opinion is not equal. No matter how much they want it to be, the strong and capable always rise. Yeah, what's eerie about that is that he's not wrong about that. Mm-hmm. I like when I like a story where the villain makes a good point. Yeah, I like yeah. that's what I love about Dark Knight is where you kind of go, you know, you know what? He's right. We would eat each other with a, if we just missed a few meals, but that's not all we are, right? And that's what that's the piece he's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, all, and that's what Lork is missing is that. Yeah, hierarchy well, matters. I want the best brain surgeon working on my brain. I want right. the hierarchy serves me there, right? I I can't just write it off because racism, right? Well, it's like he's it's sort of like, uh, you know, like Satan in in the uh, you know sort of the war in heaven. Like he's half like he sort of promises to protect people from you know, and he wants to and and uh, that the people he wants people to just follow follow him and uh, and be saved from all this pain mm-hmm. but there's that other side of him that he also wants the glory himself and uh that he wants to be better than god so it's like there's sort of this like this 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 lie hidden within the sort of truth and and so what's interesting about this quote in particular is that this the him say starting out with childish idealism and uh because that's the part of it that's that i think's kind of the lie is that like is the hope is not childish idealism and uh but yes it is true that there's obviously differences in all of our abilities and all of our things but you have to have the hope like that's the most um in a way sort of grown-up thing we can do <laughs> well, yeah. To, well, to acknowledge it, what's grown up, what makes it grown up is that when you is when you acknowledge the difficulty and you acknowledge the darkness, you acknowledge yeah. the edge that you have in yourself. But what's childish idealism is when you don't. And you know, he may have a point about Starfleet. What's mm-hmm. childish idealism is if you if you think you're just great and there's no. You know, Deep, Deep Space Nine addresses this uh, this theme as well. That uh, there's a, an episode where Captain Cisco says. You know, he's on, he's in the, on the edge of a war zone and he's like, back on earth, people look out their windows and they see paradise. Mm-hmm. It's like there, there's an innocence about the Gene Roddenberry's future that is nice, but it, 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 it's, there's a danger of it being naive and uninformed mm-hmm. and, and, and in that way, it's kind of toxic. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because you have this sort of dynamic of this person uh, promising to protect protect you 
on the same breath that they want to take your freedoms from you. You know, it's like this interesting dynamic and, and yeah, like the ideal of whether it's the American dream or the, whatever that, 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 uh, or the Federation or whatever, you know, you want to say may be an actual ideal, but we're, he- we're a heck of a lot better, like going for that and trying, you know, than we are sort of the, uh, the seeking the this, this other, other option that he paints in this, this interesting way. It's just a really interesting dynamic, especially when you consider the way he kind of is trying to puff the people up too at the same time. It's, it's a, it's, 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 he's saying that, that they're not equal and yet he's saying how great they are at the same time, which is uh-huh. yeah, really interesting. I, I really, I thought that this was getting back to sort of, I remember talking a couple of episodes ago about like Star Trek is about utopia. It's about hope. And like, I've had felt like, what is this? Like, I don't want this, this show. And it, it is very similar how I felt about Batman v Superman that like, Superman is supposed to end Man of Steel, but to me, Superman is supposed to be about hope, and it totally lost that to me. And and uh, and I don't know. So it's just it it was making me nervous, and so I was so excited for this episode that I just felt like we're we're back to what I like about the franchise, you know, and, and maybe you had to kind of go to some of those dark places to kind of make this as exciting as it, and as fulfilling as it was. But uh, anyway, it was just really cool. I thought this whole dynamic. Oh yeah. And uh, what I'm really, um, as we're having, as our conversation is unfolding here, I'm realizing they're not just producing entertainment here. They're really taking this seriously. This is Star Trek, like working on itself. Mm -hmm. Um, This is Star Trek developing itself as a, and as an idea and as what it um what it's supposed to do for us and help us with um i think that's great i love that it's living and growing yeah and it's not like i remember saying this better not be some kind of cautionary tale because that would be very annoying to me like if it was like ooh, if you follow if you follow trump or whatever then Uh horror was gonna be turned into this dystopian and whatever i'm and i so I'm so glad to see that it's 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 more nuanced than that. Oh, indeed, it's more yeah. Interesting than that, yeah. So well, now know. we have now we have um, we have Emperor Giorgio, yeah, in the Prime Universe, and it's How very interesting, yeah. yeah. And it's and it suddenly you know this this she's introduced as a monster, right? Mm-hmm. But also the monster. That's cool. Yeah. And also this, but this episode was also like fun. I think that people that aren't into the sort of more heady, you know, philosophical, whatever kind of stuff like that hallway fight scene on the, then the, um, think that was fun. I thought. Oh yeah. Lots of pew pew and sword fights and kicky punch. And (laughs) it was really good. And, and then the, the fight scene at the end was also really good uh the or towards the end uh that i thought was pretty cool and yeah i was um i, I want to talk to you about um star wars because i i was i was having the thought oh they're doing star wars kind of yeah what do you what do you fights. think about that for sure i think i even tweeted it out like oh this feels very star warsy to me and i think probably part of that is because i've just been like obsessed with these uh ray and kylo uh fighting the guards things <laughs> i just think they're so funny i just love it so much yeah. and it makes me laugh and so i've seen a lot of that fight 
And so I, I, I think that's part of the reason why I felt uh, some of these fight scenes felt oh, a little gotcha. yeah. for me. But, um, but yeah, I was so oh, I was thinking about <laughs> I was thinking about the space stuff. I was thinking about the um, the the uh, mycelial sphere or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, and it's destructive the power to destroy all life. You know, mm-hmm. um, and having to hit it at just the right place at the right time. Um, that felt Star Warsy to me, but yeah, that, that that's true too, uh, and and just some of the uh, yeah, just the action and and some of the some of the dynamics felt a felt a little Star Warsy to me, which is fine. Um, and one thing you can say about Star Wars versus Star Trek, I think where Star Wars has been a little stronger is that um, they don't uh, get too heady with the tech, right, um, and whereas Star Trek traditionally has, and the problem that Star Trek has had is where a, they have sort of a de, deus ex machina where um, they tech the tech and wave their hands and it's fixed because mm-hmm. tech. Um, and there wasn't any of that here. Not, not, I mean, not that was obvious to me. Yeah, well, in Star uh, Wars, I think has become full on fantasy. It's a fantasy yeah. show. And uh, and it used to be a little more, I think, sci-fi fantasy, but I really felt like with The Last Jedi, like we have planted, we are fantasy. It's a fantasy series. And whereas I feel like Star Trek is way more sci-fi than Star yeah. Wars. Mm-hmm. Way, 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 way more. Though so, it, it, in itself, it is also fantasy because it's, it's uh, in, in its own ways. It's, all, it's not what you'd call hard SF. Mm-hmm. They, use real, they real, use real science as a leaping off point, but they don't feel constricted by it yeah but there's there's i don't know like everything feels kind of grounded in like human beings and this could actually be in the future whereas like i've lost that as far as star wars for me Uh, like it's it's like a like it's it's a fairy tale it's yeah it is it's a fairy tale which is fine uh but it's just uh um you know it's just different so anyway uh yeah, but it was it was really it was fun while also being interesting, also being hopeful, having something to say, and uh, so I I was really digging this episode, and you know it's, it's interesting with Lorca because uh, he's a pretty complex character I think I think I mean I haven't watched all of the shows, mm-hmm. um, but it seems like he is one of the most sort of complex captains that they've had. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, he reminds me a lot of Cisco. Mm-hmm. Um, though Cisco's a you know, Cisco's a nicer guy, but um, at the end of the day, <clears throat> and a, de- a more decent guy, but Cisco also has this edge, and he understands his edge. Um, there's a if you yeah, I can't recommend Deep Space Nine enough, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but there's a, a scene in the in the in the first episode where Picard and Cisco meet, and Picard has as he had been assimu- assimilated by the Borg. And in the process of be, being captured and assimilated, he served the Borg. And in the service of the Borg, he killed Cisco's wife. So their meeting is not a cool, fun fan service crossover. It's an icy meeting, and it's not mm-hmm. nice. Um, this is a guy who's been through some crap. And uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I won't. Uh, right, right. That's interesting. But. Um, yeah, he's got an edge like Lorca. Mm. So, did you understand the whole sort of 
uh, I don't know, convoluted sort of thing with the mycelial network and how they, like the Sharon, the uh, Sharon or whatever, was going to use it to like destroy everybody or what was that all about? I was a little lost. Well, <laughs> I, well from what I understand, that, yeah, from what I understand is that the mycelial network is, can, is, is kind of like the force, but for Star Trek, um, it's, and it's not mystical. It's definitely grounded in science. Like they don't, they don't build any mysticism around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the midi chlorians and it's only midi chlorians. So you know what I mean? Like there's, oh, right, right. there was no, there was no religion around it. Um, it's just, Oh, all life is connected in this very particular scientific way. And this is how it's done. I don't, and I'm sure it's just, I don't think this is, there's any reality to it. I think it's an idea and they, again, Star Trek taking an idea and using it as a leaping off point, mm-hmm. right? You know, like warp drive. That's pretty fantastic. We're talking about immense amounts of energy that we may not ever be able to produce. But mm-hmm. it, in th- theoretically, because of um, what Einstein taught us about how space and gravity and time interact, you could stretch space. Since space apparently is malleable. You could stretch space so that where you want to go is closer to you and where you, where you don't want to go is all behind you. And that's what warp drive theoretically does. Um, mm-hmm. right so you it like, takes that real idea and just runs with it yeah so like this mycelial net mycelial network it's like it, it's it's the spores it's what the spore drive have but like for everything right uh well the the spore drive is meant to navigate the mycelial network okay okay <laughs> it's meant to sort out the way that that all life and all real and and all all of the universe is interconnected okay um, so uh, yeah, that's the that's the object there. That's the point there. Okay, so the 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 um, Sharon ship it wants to harvest. It uses this energy orb, and they want to like take all of this network and this energy, and uh, it will like destroy everybody. And uh, so Burnham goes, and she. Uh, she joins kind of joins with Giorgio to defeat Lorca. And uh, she says, both versions of me betrayed both versions of you. And then she says, I won't let that happen again. What was beautiful about that? I predicted that she would save Philippa. I, I predicted that I saw that coming. I, I, I mark my, uh, like go back and look at last week's, discussion i said mm-hmm. that she would do that yeah but when she did it it stunned me mm-hmm. <laughs> this is masterful writing like i i, I saw I, I predicted it but when yeah. she actually did it i went <gasps> <laughs> yeah yeah I love it, was, it. I love it was it. Good. so good it really <laughs> was it really was so good and i i i was just i'm so glad that we got to see more of giorgio and because I was bummed, you know, in the premiere, because I was just like so excited to have, like, I, I, I was thinking, boy, they promised this really diverse cast. And in the first episode, first two episodes, uh, we lose one to prison and one of our diverse yeah. casters to prison and one is dead. And we have, a, you know, a white male captain again. I'm like, oh, that was lame. So yeah. I, this was kind of cool to see uh, kind of come around like this. And you can, yeah, you're, I'm starting to see now why they, or why they, the, the showrunners were saying, be patient with us. Yeah. 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 Your judgments. <laughs> right. Right. And 
So they find out. Tilly and Stamets figure out that they can ride the mother of mycelial shockwaves and be able to get out of this situation. And uh, so there's kind of that going on. And Giorgio and Burnham meet Lorca. And Giorgio says, I'm destined to kill you. And, uh, and it says, he says, uh, that would be an impressive trick. And so you get this sort of back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the set up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing I wondered about, did you, was, how do you feel about like Ash not being in this episode at all? Tyler? That was, that was weird. And I did notice. Um, no Klingons. I, think, I think, well, um, Valk is dead. Um, and Laurel had really nothing to do. I think definitely we're, we're back to Klingon, uh, Klingon city here. Um, mm-hmm. at least why is because they've just about won the war apparently. Mm-hmm. Recovering or something. I don't know. I, I just, yeah, just I, I have a feeling that, well, he'll never be the same. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so we'll see how that goes. I think they're, they're, they're doing it. I think that's right. I don't think he, Oh, he's better now. Like, Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. well, wow, that was weird, right? <laughs> See you next week. You know, that's the kind of thing that the original series or even next gen would do. Mm-hmm. Like something catastrophically bizarre would happen to a character and the next week they're fine, you know, mm-hmm. or they for, they've forgotten all about it or something similar happens to someone else and no one mentions, hey, remember that time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so yeah, none of that business here. Um, I, well, yeah, it's, I think it's flowing in a natural way. Yeah, we'll get back to him for sure. But um, so Burnham... Uh, says to Lorca they've got this really cool fight sequence it's really good and Burnham says we would have helped you get home if you had asked mm, yeah that was a great moment I thought really good yeah very Star Trek moment it reminded me of um in 2009 the Star Trek movie from 2009 uh-huh. um, just called Star Trek where they've they've got Nero on the ropes right he's getting sucked into the black hole he's and right Kurt, Kurt calls him and says um, you know, you look, you're de- you're done, you're toast. You you require assistance, which we are willing to provide. Right? And right. that's Star Trek. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that, but you're right. That is a good example. You know, you gave he gave him the chance to save to save him. Yeah. But they didn't and uh and that's when George Giorgio kills Lorca. And that was a pretty epic moment and uh and then giorgio just like doesn't want to effort but burnham kind of grabs giorgio and they go back to the discovery and giorgio says what have you done to me Mm -hmm. which is interesting so uh and then our, our sort of our final moment of the episode is they they get back to the correct timeline except they're now nine months ahead and the klingons have won the war what do you think of that yeah I'm, uh, uh that, that that yeah this is a, an example of where i'm going wow they they i did not see that coming mm-hmm. you know? um i wondered what they come back to because there yeah there was the sense of like uh oh oh we came back and everybody's a pigeon <laughs> Like, you know, like what bizarro reality are they going to jump in? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, or everybody has a twin now. Everyone's twins. <laughs> like, yeah. Star Trek has done some such bonkers stuff. It's like, it, you don't know uh, what, what else is there to do. Um, but anyway, it, it, it wasn't quite as 
bizarro as that, but it, um, still That's it's true. like, ooh, this is weird. Like we're learning Star Trek history that we never knew before. Um, it is true. A lot changed in nine months here. Yeah, because uh, remember, somewhere out there yeah. is Captain Pike and in charge and is is captain of the Enterprise. Yeah, Lieutenant that's James true. T. Kirk is serving on um, the Farragut. Like these characters are out there living their lives. So like this is stuff they're going to have remembered. Apparently, right, right. Yeah, that's true. It kind of reminds me of an uh, episode of The Simpsons where he yes is the uh, he's got a a um a toaster that he pushes down and it takes him to these alternate realities. And he, and he keeps going, he keeps going back and, and uh, finally he gets to one and it's like, the only difference is that they all have lizard tongues. <laughs> and <laughs> right. he's like, oh, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Rick and Morty stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's an interesting thing because you have Burnham having basically started the war and uh, in a way at the beginning. And so now we're going to end off this season with her kind of dealing with the worst case scenario for the ending of the war. Yeah. And this is the real kind of um, all is lost moment for Burnham because her story arc is redeeming herself from starting this war, redeeming herself from making these terrible decisions. Mm -hmm. And now that looks, that couldn't be further. Like so far it was looking great. She's, she had matured she saved she even sort of uh saved uh philippa right sort of mm-hmm. sort of brought her back from the dead kind yeah. of yeah and then the rug gets pulled out from under uh, under her feet and the war she started is almost over and they're losing yeah yeah uh, yeah i'm really excited the next episode is called the war without the war within so that's mm. sounds that's gonna be great it's gonna be great and then our final is will you take my hand is the the final Owen of the season and so i think this is going to end really well i loved this episode i just thought it was great and it was like uh, acting captain saru's speech oh that was good that was good too uh i should have written down some quotes from that but yeah he's an interesting he's been a really interesting character to follow through this whole season as well don't you think Oh, absolutely. He's great. Um, mm-hmm. I, and he, yeah, he reminds me of Picard. I like, I, I hope he's, I hope he gets command because they're shape, they're grooming him to do that. Um, I think I, I'll be kind of surprised if they don't um, mm-hmm. because he's, uh, you know, especially the, that episode early on where like he's, he's referencing his heroes and he's like, computer, yeah. you know, tell me to do what they would do, you know? Mm-hmm. And at the end of that episode, gloriously, he throws it off and says, no, never mind. Like I, I'll, I don't, They'll, they'll do what they would do. If I'm going to be a great captain, I'm going to do what I would do. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because he, he definitely has some feel of Picard. There's also, I there's been moments where he's felt sort of like Spock to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, he is, he's very interesting because he can be humble, but he can also be opinionated and kind of uh, set in his ways. <laughs> right, right. He has his own, um, yeah, his own little flaws. But yeah, what's cool is that um, if he's, if he's the final captain, captain of discovery like this he's the captain he'll be the first star trek captain who's an alien yeah that would be interesting Never done that. yeah that would be really interesting excited i would give this one an a i just really liked it and it had something to think about it wasn't it didn't feel just joyless it felt i don't know it just had 
everything but it, it wasn't like a fluffy episode it was just great i just loved it so and it was so well made so well executed and i thought they just did a great job and uh, one thing i wanted to talk about really quick uh is just this article that i found uh where they're talking about that they're talking about hulu and netflix and everything mm-hmm. like that but they said here that star trek discovery has uh, this is there's this um it says what's interested what it's what's interested me though is star trek discovery demand expressions which is like a sort of a way of it's a way of like uh calculating internet discussion all, mm-hmm. all the different things social media yeah, whatever how it talked about online it's being yeah so is no or better known as the number of people talking about a show and they said that star trek discovery has more than 53 million people talking about it in the u.s and they said that beats the walking dead which has around 46 million uh, stranger things with 33 million so i mean th- you think how big of a things stranger things was this is way more than stranger things and uh you know way more than game of thrones way more than you know other popular shows and this is that uh that uh it's creating more hype than almost any digital original show or uh that comes from any purely online service uh and uh, and even traditional tv uh is is not doing as well as start a star trek discovery and i don't know i was just curious it says uh is you know it's an interesting thing because we don't know how many subscribers there are all to all access but it's pretty interesting that a show that that not that many people can it's not like it's so easily accessible that it's getting that's that commanding of a of a point of discussion i don't know what do you think about that Oh yeah, it's it's um, re- really encouraging. It's it's kind of weird because like it effectively streaming is a new medium, mm-hmm. the way television was in like the fifties or the sixties. Um, so like we almost don't know how to measure its success, but like this is a good start. Um, um, let's see, I'm looking up like the the one of the highest rated episodes of all time uh, of Next Gen. Mm-hmm. Let me see what the numbers were. Oh yeah, I'm not seeing any. I'm not seeing any hard numbers about roughly how many millions of people. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it sounds like it's shaping up to um, at least be able to stand shoulder to shoulder with next gen uh, in its success. Yeah. So yeah, that's very like, cool. And obviously, it's like different dynamics. But like a solid hit on a cable show is like a, pr- a pretty good numbers is like five million. Right. And, yeah. Like so. And and this is people talking, so it's different. But um, but still, like this is just doing extremely extremely well. And uh, and I think because I think I think because it touches on so many different uh, points of interest for people. You've obviously got the Star Trek uh, science fiction kind of fandom, but you also have uh, people. It, it appeals to people of color. It appeals to women. It appeals to uh to lgbt it appeals to so many different kinds of people that are are drawn to check out the show see what they're doing uh and 
uh and it's also i just think so freaking well made so good yeah I mean, well and it's, it's amazing too like level i mean this is cinema level they did not yeah. have to go to this much they did not have to make it this good like yeah they, exactly they could have skimmed by and and people would have still watched and it would have been fine and uh but they you know they could have just done some fan servicey thing that people would have liked and it would have been fine but uh but they didn't and people are talking about it because of that yeah, they're taking they've taken a lot of risks, and I think those risks are paying off. And yeah, the numbers are amazing, especially when you consider that like, there's I'm one of these people, but there's there's people who are forking over every month just to watch this. Yeah, me too. I'm- yeah, like I, I'm sorry, but I Young Sheldon holds no appeal for me. <laughs> yeah. um, I, there, there's yeah. nothing else on CBS All Access that I'm I'm just drooling to see. That's it. I yeah, that, it's yeah. I mean, the only other thing I. I watch, well, I actually do watch Big Bang Theory, but the, but the only other thing I watch on CBS is Survivor, but I don't need this access to watch Survivor. Right, exactly. And, uh, yeah, there's, 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 very, there's nothing else, there's nothing on there that I can't find somewhere else or just wait and get it later, mm-hmm. um, except this. I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about this episode, and uh, excited for the, the last two. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Really fun. So. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so we will meet again sometime next week uh, to talk about the war with uh, without and the war within. And uh, thanks, thanks for joining me to talk about it and for keeping me uh, keeping me sane during those those, <laughs> those tough episodes. <laughs> no um, so where can people find you? Um, at Amano Roboto on Twitter, or also at Happy Place Poems. Sweet. Okay, great. I'll have that in the description section. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube and Smiling LDS Girl on social media. And uh, that will be great. And we will talk next week.